0: If you were with us last week, uh, and even if you weren't, you noticed there are stones (laughs) in the sanctuary. Um, And also that we sang about Rock of Ages just now. Uh, Throughout Lent, we are going to be looking at different scriptures throughout the Bible uh, that talk about stones and um, what they start to mean throughout Scripture. So last week was Jacob uh, when he laid his head on that stone for a pillow and dreamt of a great ladder between earth and heaven and woke up uh, surprised to know that God had been in that place. And this week we have the wandering Israelites and water from the rock. The second scripture uh, was written many, many generations after that happened in Exodus this is one writer's um, reflection upon what happened in Exodus. Psalm 78. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my heart. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old. Things that we have heard and known that our ancestors have told us, we will not hide them from their children. We will tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a decree in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children that the next generation might know them the children yet unborn, and rise up and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And that they should not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. They forgot what he had done. They had forgotten the miracles that he had shown them. In the sight of their ancestors, he worked marvels in the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zoan. He divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the waters stand in a heap. In the daytime, he led them with the cloud and all night long with a fiery light. He split rocks open in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. The word of the Lord. You're all right. I do love that song. (laughs) Are we singing it later? Yes, okay. Something to look forward to everyone. I am looking forward to it. Well, I need to tell you that I know um, many of you think um, that I don't have very many years behind me, but I promise you I do. And, And it's growing by the moment, right? For all of us. And when I look back over my life, I can see so clearly what I could not necessarily see in the moment. When I look back over my life, I know there have been times, I can think of them right now, when I have sat in a room like this and it was clear that it could not have been anything but the Holy Spirit that was moving through that room. I have sat in those rooms and felt what could not have been anything else But the Holy Spirit moving through that room, lifting and lightening the people who were there. And and I have seen people's faces, I have seen people's faces move from abject fear to such peace when the name of Jesus was mentioned. I have seen that movement from utter fear to such peace just at the thought of Jesus. I have stood on mountaintops that have taken my breath away, and I have been moved to silence by by my own small but desperately prayed for shift in my own heart. Even if it was small, it was so desperately needed. I have been moved to silence when that shift has finally happened. I have these pillar moments in my life that... A stack of stones you see there, right? In church, we call them Ebenezers. Uh, they're the places in our lives when we look back that we know God showed up there. We know God showed up, and we want to leave a stack of stones so that we remember. I have those. And I wonder what you have seen in your years, what you have felt. Have you held new life in your hands and in holding that new life knew that you were close to God? Have you felt forgiveness finally, finally, finally in the depth of the night after struggle, struggle, struggle? Or was there ever a moment when you rose in the morning and you could have sworn you heard Jesus' voice? Have you been on your own mountaintops? I am certain that you have. I am certain that you also have these, these pillar moments, these Ebenezer's, when you would have stacked some stones because you know that God couldn't have been closer to you than that moment. And I, I think about when I see all of you, consider for a moment the wonders that we in this room have seen. Consider for a moment the gifts of the Spirit that we have witnessed in our collective lives, that the number of times the power of God has burst in to just the lives that are gathered here. It is awesome to consider the breadth of that, the depth of that, of the times that we could have stacked stones. And yet... And yet, on any given Wednesday, you could easily find me grumbling. Is that how it is for you? <laughs> on any given Wednesday or Thursday or Monday morning, you could find me grumbling. Even with all the stacks. This week's scripture is sort of the opposite of last week's. As I mentioned, last week we met Jacob and he went to sleep one night with a stone for his pillow and unbeknownst to him, God was so near that it changed his life forever and Jacob woke up in the morning amazed at how close the Lord was to him. And this week, we meet these Israelites who have been wandering in the wilderness for a long time now. And they start grumbling because they wonder if God is anywhere to be found. It is last week's opposite. I don't need to tell you what these people have already been through, right? You know their story. These are the people who back in Egypt, they saw in God's mighty hand, they saw the Nile River turn to blood. These are the people who saw locusts hoard hoard up from the ground and they saw frogs fall from the sky. These are those people. And best of all, these are the people who were led safely to freedom by a parting of the waters, a parting that was so mighty that when that water came back together, it took out a whole army. If these people had stacked stones for every time God had worked in their lives, they would have run out of rocks by now. That's these people. But life is not just Ebenezers. It's not just stacked stones. It's not just mountaintops and feeling close to the Lord. And, and we well know that our lives do not move from one stack directly and cleanly to another. There's so much in between, so much time so much that happens, so much wandering. And it is this in-between that has really started to get to these people. Their last Ebenezer is far in their rearview mirror, and now they're in a new place. Moses names the place, I love the name for this place, he names it Masa and Meribah, because those words mean testing and quarreling, fighting. That's what the names mean. They, they are places of fights and of trials, Massa and Meribah, not a stack of stones in sight. We know that location, don't we? Some of us could say, you know, I think I have lived at the corner of Massa and Meribah at times in my life. I live at the intersection of Massa and Maribah. And you know, when we look back, we can sometimes make, uh, make light of these wanderers' situation. We can. We look back with such time in between us that we think, why do you complain all the time, Israelites? Don't you know that God has saved you? Can't you at least adjust your attitude? <laughs> but Masa and Meribah, that intersection is very real. And their situation is serious. You remember what their complaint is about, right? They are thirsty. There is no water. It is real. It is serious. That's why they're complaining. First, if you look, they only complain that they are thirsty. And Moses were thirsty. And then their concern ramps up to another level and they complain, they say, if we don't get water soon, my livestock will die. My children will die. Masa and Meribah, this place of fights and of trials, it's not not a place to be passed off as somebody has a bad attitude. (laughs) It is real. We know it's real. We know what it's like to be at Massa and Meribah. We know that deep grief is not a bad attitude. And genuine fear is not an idle complaint. And loss of faith is not superficial. And loss of hope is nothing to make light of. We know that this place that lies between these stacks of stones, this place of trial, it is a hard place to be. And then we make it worse in the way we are so good at. We make it worse by assuming that if we have hardship, it must mean that God has left us. We make it worse. That's what the Israelites assume. They say we don't have what we need, so God must have turned on us. And how often have we assumed the exact same thing? we point to that need in front of us and we cry out, Lord, are you anywhere close? Are you even here? And we forget that he's the one who has led us from every stage. We compound our trouble by assuming he's left us. What do we think God's leading looks like? Do we think that unless we move from from stack to stack that God has left us? Do we think that if suffering touches our lives, God has moved on? Please, please don't ever think that. Please don't let anyone ever tell you that. So I have a neighbor who went missing for a while. uh, Missing to us, I don't think. The police were informed. But he, he was gone um, for many, many months. And uh, the word in the cul-de-sac was that he was in prison. And so he was, he was gone. And a couple of months ago, he returned. And we were hanging out in the front yard, as you do. And I didn't know if I should mention to him that he'd been gone. I didn't know, you know, is this shameful? Is it painful? Is it, should it not be mentioned? And, and I should not have worried about it because he brought it up first. He said, Tasha, I've been in prison. And he said it with such a look of joy on his face. Not happiness, but joy. And I must have looked at him strangely. With this face he was giving, and he said, I was in prison, and I am grateful to God that I was sent there. It was hard, but I learned so much about Him, I learned so much about my life because I was there. It isn't fun this in-between place. It is not something we seek out. I am not saying go to prison, everyone. It'll be great. But we know that our lives do not move from mountain to mountain. It doesn't mean that God isn't leading. It doesn't mean that God has left you. You will find yourself there at the corner of Massa and Meribah again, I don't have to tell you that. I will find myself there sometime. And when you do, when you do find yourself in that place, remember what God told Moses to do when he was in that place. Do you remember what he told them to do? Moses says, it's getting really bad down here, God. And God said to him, head for the rock of Horeb. Head for the rock of Horeb. That's what God said. And, and we don't know uh, much about the rock of Horeb. We don't know it well, but Moses did. The rock of Horeb, you may have guessed it, is where God spoke to Moses the first time. It's where that bush burned but was not uh, consumed. The rock of Horeb is where God had shown up in Moses' life. And so when he is at the corner of Massa and Meribah, God says, head for Horeb. It'll help. So Moses heads there, and he strikes a rock with his stick, and sure enough, sure enough, When you are in a place of testing or a place of endless fighting, when you are in that place in your life where you wonder if God has left you forever, head for Horeb. <laughs> head for the place that God has already shown you his love for you. Head for the place where you have met him before. You know, the apostle Paul talks about this text actually. He talks about this water from the rock in the letter to the first Corinthian, the first letter to the Corinthians. And he says, uh, when Moses headed for Horeb, what was really happening was God was pointing to Jesus. Horeb is Jesus. The rock that was struck so that the people could live is pointing to Jesus who was struck so that we would have life. That's what Paul sees when he reads this he he continues and he says there are absolutely these times of testing and quarreling in our lives there are absolutely these times and God knows that we face these times and so God provides a way through them so that we can endure God provides the rock of Horeb God provides Christ now I don't know what you're grumbling about today you can tell me at the door And if your grumbling is something simple or something silly, as as they often are, right? If it's something simple and something silly, then, then, then simply ask yourself today to focus instead on where God has shown up for you and not focus on those grumblings. But if your grumblings are serious... If you are dying of thirst in the wilderness of sin, then run. Do not walk. Run to the rock of Horeb. Run to Christ. Run to the one who was struck for you. He has helped you before, and he can help you again. He will not end your problems, but he will make certain you find a way through. No matter what Maribah and what Masa you face, God has given you Jesus. Knowing that you will be tested, he gives you Jesus to make certain that you will endure, to make certain that you will find your way home. Amen.